Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi there and welcome to the Explaining History podcast. Uh, today I'm going to be talking a little bit about the experiences and actions of uh, Ord Wingate, uh, the British counterinsurgency leader in Palestine during the Arab Revolt um, and his uh, particular attitudes and um, outlooks on the Jews and the Arabs in Palestine during the British Mandate. Um, Wingate, as I'm sure all military historians out there will know, uh, was later found fame and untimely death, leading the Chindits in Burma uh, against the Japanese. Wingate's um, admirers in the Second World War um, looked upon him as being the kind of maverick, the kind of uh, warrior required to defeat Japan in Burma, um, a, a man who uh, replaced the kind of rather complacent and uh, inept uh, British officers who had presided over the disaster of the collapse of Burma. Not all their fault, admittedly, uh, but they didn't look like that way at the time. Um, his detractors saw him as reckless, willing to sacrifice men's lives, and um, ultimately... Um, a man who was able to embrace lost causes with a zeal. Um, and the story of his days in Palestine are slightly less well-known. They're extremely well-known in Israel. Um, he's held up in certain parts of Israel as being a, a kind of a national hero, um, even though he himself uh, was not Jewish. Um and the uh, the story of Wingate really is an interesting, um, from the point of view of the development of the State of Israel, but also from the point of view of the kind of the latter days of the British Empire. There are a number of Wingate-esque kind of figures in the 1930s, 40s and 50s who are um, able to use immense violence to quell um, national insurgencies, of which you know the last three decades of the British Empire are punctuated by 
uh, by the, these kinds of uh, risings in various parts of Asia, the Middle East and Africa. Wingate has so many um, military and um, civilian bureaucrat uh, figures of his generation across the empire were, uh, was born into a colonial family in India at the turn of the century. And his parents were um, part of the uh, Plymouth Brethren movement, particularly um, austere and uh, radical Christian sect. The Plymouth Brethren were not alone uh, in the uh, first decades of the 20th century in Britain in believing in uh, sort of this notion of dispensationalism, the idea that um, for the work of workings of the Bible, the prophecies of the Bible to be fulfilled, that the Jews must return back to the, the Holy Land. Um, David Lloyd George, for example, grew up in a particular um, environment of Welsh Methodism um, that preached the same, um, and there were a number of luminaries within the Liberal government who could be described as Christian Zionists in the run-up to the Balfour Declaration of 1917. And if, if you haven't um, explored the Balfour Declaration, there is a podcast, I must have done it last year sometime, on this very topic that's well worth, uh, well, well worth a listen, I'd say. Wingate was a Christian Zionist, somebody who passionately believed that um, the Jews should have a home in the, the Holy Land, not necessarily for the sake of the Jews themselves, but really um, to fulfil the work of a Christian as opposed to a Jewish God. There's generally quite a lot of nonsense talked uh, about uh, dispensationalism and um, about Christian Zionism in general. Um, there's a very extreme version of Christian Zionism which uh, is practiced, I think, in very small um, numbers. Um, though things like Fox News might give you reason to, to dispute that. Where you know, the, the, the idea is that if the Jews return to the Holy Land, then some kind of Armageddon will occur and the confrontation with Satan will happen and there'll be this whole rapture type deal and the, uh, the Christ will return and that sort of thing. So it's, it's all kind of playing the long game. Whereas for the most part, um, Christians um, in, from ranging from Roman Catholics to um, Orthodoxy, Eastern Orthodoxy to Methodism, tended not to have this kind of apocalyptic view of things, but believed that, um, in general, this was what the, the return of the Jews to the Holy Land was God's will. It was a kind of a restitution of an old wrong, and that the, the, the Jews had uh, some kind of right to be there. Uh, there may have been some sense of kind of some kind of patronizing paternalism that you know well you know perhaps when once one day the, the the Jews will come to embrace Christ by being back in the holy land um but it, there was a, a a slightly more benign view uh than uh, a a desire to bring on the apocalypse for most um Christian Zionists. Part of the reason for this profusion in um, Christian Zionism or sort of philo-Semitism 
that existed in some of the um, political, bureaucratic and military circles of the 19th century was um, the uh, reading of the Old Testament in schools and in Sunday school and in church um, and the uh, intimate knowledge that many people would have had of the story of Moses and the Exodus and um, the stories of, of, the, of the Jews and exile and that kind of thing. It is a, was a kind of a, a powerful narrative within um, the uh, within um, Anglicanism, um, the Methodism, and it kind of had been really since um, the seventeenth century. Um, there are numerous uh, appropriations of the story of the Jews by um, Christians um, in the Old and New Testaments. Um, since really probably about about the seventeenth century, and uh, um, an attempt to really equate struggles within Christendom, and the uh, the language of Jerusalem of uh, return to some sort of um, perfected world, some sort of um, utopia, some sort of idyll, is frequent, and you know you only need to look at. Uh, the way in which um, England is depicted, or Britain is depicted after 1945, the building of a new Jerusalem, that kind of thing. Anyway, Wingate had uh, trained um, as an officer uh, from 1921 onwards, and he was very much one of the uh, the last uh, of a generation of British Orientalists. He had um, had a posting in the 1920s. In um, Sudan, um, he was well-connected. His uh, cousin, Sir Francis Reginald Wingate, had previously been a Governor-General of Sudan and High Commissioner of Egypt, where the British were in situ until the 1950s. And he um, perhaps was uh, cut his teeth in counterinsurgency, um, patrolling um, Abyssinia um, during that period of time. And he starts to pioneer uh, methods here that he later uses in Palestine and Burma of ambushes, um, of uh, luring out the um, enemy uh, into uh, situations where they are almost certainly doomed. In 1936, he's seconded to Palestine um, during the time of the Arab revolt against the British, uh, led by the Grand Mufti of Palestine, um, the revolt really is in response to mass Jewish immigration into the Palestinian mandate, and Wingate uh, volunteers to go. He believes that he has a divinely appointed role in helping the Jewish people. And there he has a difficult time in convincing the Zionists themselves. He meets Heim Weizmann and the other Zionists and uh, tells them, you know, I'm a British officer here and I'm here to help. I'm here to help you fight the Arabs. Um, the uh, Jewish Zionists are unconvinced because there are, in their view, and they're probably right in thinking this, uh, a great number of uh, anti-Semites amongst the British military uh, and the British colonial classes, um, there seems, in uh, from the point of view of the Zionists, to be very little sympathy for the Jews and their problems. Um, the British, uh, by the mid-1930s, 
are perhaps more sympathetic towards the Arabs uh, than they are towards the Jews. Uh, if you read uh, James Barr's brilliant book, uh, A Line in the Sand, um, which talks about the experience of the British and the French and their two mandates, the British in Palestine and the French in Syria, it is the extraordinarily violent uh, attitudes of the French and the uh, actions of the French towards their Arab populations uh, that in some Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Way, um, bring about more uh, a more sympathetic approach from the British, perhaps based on a kind of a mutual an antipathy and loathing for the French. Um, the uh, uh, Jews, uh, the Zionist Jews, uh, find a friend of convenience in the French, as both the British and the French sought to kind of unseat one another from their two mandates within uh, the Middle East. Um, it's a great book, anyway. Um, the other book on the Palestinian mandate that's well worth a read is Tom Segev's um, One Palestine Complete, um, from which um, there is an awful lot about Wingate in there. Anyway, Wingate goes far beyond his um, his role, his mandate, if you uh, pardon the expression, um, in helping the Jews to um, organise themselves. Um he writes a report entitled uh, on June 1938, entitled Secret Appreciation of Possibilities of Night Movements by Armed Forces of the Crown with the Object of Putting an End to Terrorism in Northern Palestine. By forces of the Crown, however, Wingate wasn't suggesting that British soldiers become involved. Instead, he planned to organise uh, units of volunteers, um, almost exclusively Jewish volunteers, really, uh, in, in, a session, in, in essence, deputising um, armed groups of Jews to deal with the Palestinian, the Palestinian Arab uprising. He wrote, There is only one way to deal with the situation, to persuade the gangs that, in their predatory raids, 
there is every chance of their running into a government gang which is determined to destroy them. The units would carry the offensive to the enemy. Take away his initiative and keep him off balance and produce in their minds the belief government forces will move at night and can and will surprise them either in their villages or across the country. The level of violence that Wingate was proposing and indeed carried out was almost a, a template for uh, counter-insurgency um, work, uh, counter-terrorism work, which is a form of a kind of a terrorism in its own right, um, that can be seen in um, subsequent um, operations throughout the rest of the 20th century, you know. There were American officers in Vietnam that read Wingate's work. There were um, contra-rebels in Nicaragua um, who read Wingate's work and uh, appreciated its importance and significance. Wingate made sure that his force was uh, based not at uh, British army bases, but in Jewish communities. It had um, a British element to it, um, but it became predominantly um, dominated by Jewish police and the Haganah, the uh, Jewish Defence Force. The Haganah, a paramilitary organisation which had been initially developed to defend the early Jewish settlers after the beginnings of the Palestine Mandate and had um, become um, active in taking uh, the fight uh, to the Arabs during the Arab Revolt, were um, thrilled at the uh, proposition put to them by Wingate. They'd been hoping to develop their military capability for years, and now here came the British government presenting them with arms, equipment, um, and a licence, really, to carry out the kind of attacks that they'd always hoped for. Um, the... Uh, advantages that the Haganah brought was that they knew the land, they knew the terrain, and they had plenty of intelligence on who they believed to be the ringleaders of the Arab revolt. A Wingate acts really as the, the kind of the uh, linchpin between the British and the Haganah. They're, the British are in mutually sus and the Haganah are mutually suspicious of one another. Archibald Wavell, the uh, military commander of Palestine, initially is sceptical, but then thinks, that, well, he'll give it a go to try try out Wingate's suggestion. Um, the, the Jews do not really believe that the British have their best interests at heart. Um, but finally, when there is an agreement, the operation is extremely effective. Wingate's um, groups are known as the SNS, the Special Night Squads, and uh, Wingate uh, reminds his men of the Jewish hero Gideon, who defeated overwhelming odds with but a small group of 300 volunteers. And Gideon is a, um, an idol, an icon for Wingate. He establishes a base and a training school at the town of Ein Harod, um, and he uses um, Ein Harod as uh, the, the kind of forward command post, um, one of several. Um, the SNS squads uh, disrupt um, the attacks by the Mufti's uh, insurgents. And they do this through ambushes. The um, 
prime target of the Mufti's um, squads was the Iraq to Haifa pipeline um, that had been laid by the British um, and it made the port of Haifa one of the most important and strategic and indeed wealthiest ports in the Middle East um, uh, and it was the means by which the, the British shipped oil from the Middle East to the rest of the uh, well, back to Britain and to the rest of the Western world. Uh, so it's a, a, a vital artery in the British Empire. It was something of a, um, a mystery to the Jews, was Wingate. Um, they didn't really quite understand quite where his intensity to fight for um, the Jews and to argue later on for mass Jewish uh, emigration into Palestine they had little understanding of his religious background. Um, and so, yes, they, they were puzzled by him. Um, but ultimately, his um, zeal for the Jewish community is something that finally uh, convinces them that he really is uh, what he says he is, um, and really is a, an advocate of the Jews in Palestine. What he created in the Haganah really was a, a commando fighting force. Um, the thing that Wingate is perhaps um, his, his greatest legacy, in a way, was um, to be one of the founding fathers of um, special force warfare um, in the 20th century. And the um, Haganah, and then later the Israeli Defence Force, look upon Wingate as being you know, the pivotal figure in their creation. Um, and um, you know, admire him um, as such. Tom Segev in One Palestine Complete um, paints a different picture of Wingate, paints him as little more than a bloodthirsty terrorist and the um, destruction of um, Arab villages, the execution of prisoners and the um, merciless nature of Wingate's ambushes um, was, uh, for him, um, uh, evidence that he, he was a fanatic and perhaps even a war criminal. Um, the uh, violence on all sides and the, violent, uh, the activities of the British Army in general during the Arab Revolt um, are uh, not dissimilar to the actions of Wingate, which isn't really to present a, a mitigation for his, his actions but to, to show that really he, he wasn't uh, necessarily, um, his actions weren't necessarily inconsistent with um, what was going on in Palestine at the time across the board. There would have been British officers that didn't particularly blink at what Wingate was doing um, uh, during the Arab Revolt. Wingate's downfall was his egomania. Um, he believed that the Jews would be um, a... a excellent addition to the fighting capabilities of the British Empire, sort of, um, you know, akin to the Gurkhas, I suppose, in some regard. He thought that the, the war that was inevitably coming um, would um, mean that the, the, the Jews, as a kind of a martial warrior people in his eyes, would be a great addition to, uh, to Britain's arsenal and would help Britain to keep her empire. I mean, Wingate was nothing if not an imperialist as well as a Zionist. Um, he was an insane um, egotist um, and uh, very opinionated. 
He returned to uh, London in 1938 to lobby the British government to uh, accept his plans and to accept uh, a huge increase in uh, Jews into Palestine. Now, this far, far exceeded his mandate as an army officer, and also it left his colleagues in the British Army rather scratching their heads as to what this uh, maverick officer was uh, was really on about, what his mission was. Um, perhaps they viewed him um, as, as something of a, a T.E. Lawrence for the Jews. Um, and the latent anti-Semitism the, uh, and the um, general um, sense that he was, he was one who had gone native and got a bit too close to the locals um, and had um, become a bit too much of a fanatic, really dented Wingate's career and, and ended his career in Palestine. And it was only during the Second World War on the Burma front that that career would be uh, resurrected and then cut short in 1944 with a plane crash, Wingate uh, took everything that he'd learned in um, Sudan and in Palestine and applied it very effectively to fighting the Japanese, even if uh, ultimately the uh, triumphs uh, against the Japanese only come at the end of the war after his death, after uh, a great deal of collateral damage. Anyway, I hope you found this useful, and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.